Hello, and welcome to Fairy Tale Friday, Minisode number two. Thank you for rejoining me as we explore another frightful tale. And stay tuned for season two of Fairy Tales, releasing in just two weeks. Tonight's story comes from the short story collection 20th Century Ghosts by the author Joe Hill. It is a kind of ghost story where the ghosts aren't lost spirits, but of giant trees and the memories they hold. While the horror here is a bit subtle, it is there and provides a deep impact and gives you something to think about. Join me as together we read Dead Wood. Now, grab a warm drink for this cool night. Lock the doors, check under the bed and in the closet. Settle into your favorite seat and listen closely. It's time for another fairy tale. It has been argued, even trees may appear as ghosts. Reports of such manifestations are common in the literature of parapsychology. There's the famous white pine of West Belfry, Maine. It was chopped down in 1842, a towering fir with a white smooth bark like none anyone had ever seen, and with pine needles to color brush steel. A tea house and inn was built on the hill where it had stood. A cold spot existed in a corner of the yellow dining room, a zone of penetrating chill, the exact diameter of the white pine's trunk. Directly above the dining room was a small bedroom, but no guest would stay the night there. Those who tried said their sleep was disturbed by the keening rush of a phantom wind, the low soft roar of air and high branches, the gusts blew papers around the room and pulled curtains down. In March, the walls bled sap. An entire phantom wood appeared in Canaanville, Pennsylvania for a period of 20 minutes one day in 1959. There are photographs. It was in a new development a neighborhood of winding roads and small modern bungalows. Residents woke on a Sunday morning and found themselves sleeping in stands of birch that seemed to grow right from the floor of their bedrooms. Underwater hemlocks swayed and drifted in backyard swimming pools. The phenomenon extended to a nearby shopping mall. The ground floor of Sears was filled with brambles, half-priced skirts hanging from the branches of Norway maples. A flock of sparrows settled on the jewelry counter, picking at pearls and gold chains. Somehow it's easier to imagine the ghost of a tree than it is the ghost of a man. Just think how a tree will stand for a hundred years, gorging itself on sunlight and pulling moisture from the earth, tirelessly hauling its life up out of the soil, like someone hauling a bucket up from a bottomless well. The roots of a shattered tree still drink for months after death, so used to the habit of life, they can't give it up. Something that doesn't know it's alive obviously can't be expected to know 
when it's dead. After you left, not right away, but after a summer had passed, I took down the altar we used to read under, sitting together on your mother's picnic blanket, the altar we fell asleep under that time, listening to the hum of the bees. It was old and rotten. It had bugs in it, although new shoots still appeared on its boughs in the spring. I told myself I didn't want it to blow down and fall into the house, even though it wasn't leaning toward the house. But now, sometimes when I'm out there, in the wide open of the yard, the wind will rise and shriek, tearing at my clothes. What else shrieks with it, I wonder?